What is up, everyone, and welcome to the Five Out Podcast. Today, it's myself, Drew, and Jacob here for you guys, talking everything, the NBA playoffs. Um, it's been an exciting week, another exciting week of NBA basketball. We have um, a series officially over at the time of this recording on a Tuesday, June 1st, and who can believe it's already June? What a what a fast year it's been, um, and I, I think we always say that. I think that's just like a normal saying now. Oh my gosh, this year's going by so fast, but it is already June. The sun is out until about nine o'clock nowadays, especially in Texas. Now it has been raining a bunch, which has kind of been not fun, but um, and we'll get into this really fast. Are you are you complaining about the rain or are you are and are you ready for those hundred degree weathers? Because that's my thought process is what people who complain about the rain are ready for the hundred day heat. I'm I'm okay with the rain. I don't know about you. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind the rain some, but I mean it's just been a little overwhelming. I'd like to get out in the sun, do some activities outside, you know, sit by the pool. Um, would prefer to have those things every now and then and not rain for three straight weeks, but in general, yeah, the uh, temperature has been very nice. It hasn't been super hot yet. But once this, I guess, week or so of rain is over, it's going to be hot as hell for the next three months. So um, at the moment, the rain's not too big of an issue. Yeah, just a little humid, a little humid every once in a while. But for the most part, yeah. it's okay. Um, but let's go ahead. And before we get into our NBA discussion about the playoffs, we're going to look at, uh, I got some, would you, I got a couple, would you grab their questions and some facts to give you this first one thought it'd be perfect for you because I know you've gone skiing and stuff but would you rather be stuck on a broken ski lift or in a broken elevator oh that's tough and I will I will add this you do get to choose the people with you it's not just like a bunch of random people you get to choose the people yeah um I don't know why I'm thinking I remember on our eighth grade basketball trip to Vegas a couple of our teammates and his dad I don't know if you're in there or not got stuck mm-hmm. in the elevator at the hotel there uh, for like 30 or 40 minutes and that was pretty funny to watch because we saw the glass back of him so he could see him which mm-hmm. cracked me up a little bit um i don't know i would have to say um huh? i'll do a ski lift um but one because i don't like being crammed with a lot of people in one place mm-hmm. um and i feel a little claustrophobic um I have <gasps> more fear of an elevator falling down handful of flights of stairs than jumping off a ski lift on 20 or 30 feet and you're not cram packed so um i have to go ski lift on that one yeah i've never been on a ski lift so i can't really give you guys my opinion but just from seeing movies and different things i guess like at least you have like a nice view yeah um it is cold you know but you're not uh, like stuck in a, a small area with a hopefully not a full elevator you know um so yeah I, obviously they're I feel like there's a little bit more uncertainty in an elevator than a ski lift, but thought that was interesting because I know you've done both at least, unlike myself. This next one, would you rather mentally never age or physically never age? Oh, huh. Mentally never age or physically never age? Um, I guess physically, um, because, you know, I think mentally is an important thing especially if you ask me this in 10 years when I'm like 30 something I think I'd be mentally more mature I'm not saying I'm immature or anything but I think there's a lot more stuff you'll know and you know kind of when you're in your mid-30s be more mature about and you've kind of reached your peak you know age and your brain capacity and all that stuff um, but at the moment I'd rather physically age or mentally age more than not physically age my mm-hmm. physical appearance right now would be perfectly fine for the rest of my life compared <laughs> to my mental age 
So I guess, again, like you, like I said, if you asked it in 10 years, the answer would definitely change. Yeah, I think for us, we'd love to stay this fit, and, <laughs> uh, you know, be able to play basketball or, you know, just do anything we want to and not be out of breath. You know, my my mom walks up my, you know, my flight of stairs, which is three flight or two flights and she's out of breath. So <laughs> I'm telling you, stairs are honestly the most challenging thing. <laughs> I think you could be in the most tip top shape in the world. You walk out three or four flights of stairs and no, no matter who it is, it's probably out of breath. Exactly. So this next one is not a would you rather question and say it's um, what it what superpower are you going to pick and why? What superpower? Mm-hmm. Oh, man, there's just so many different superpowers that you could have. Um, if you have an answer, go for it, because I just don't have one off the top of my head that I need to think. I think I think for myself, you know, I'm not going to be like, because like Superman has multiple superpowers. I'm just yeah. giving you one. Um, and I think for myself, it's going to be super strength, you know, mm-hmm. be able to pick up any building. Um, that think that'd just be super dope. Um, so yeah, super strengths for me, man. I, I, I like that one. I think um, I'm a knowledge person. I like, you know, learning and knowing just a bunch of random crap. Um, so I guess like super like smarts, if that's the thing, you know, being like one of those super intelligent people, Mm-hmm. Um, as a superpower, I just think that'd be cool to know a ton of pretty much anything in the world if, if you are super smart. I think that'd be kind of cool and useful to have too. There you go. So that is our questions. We're going to be moving on now to just a quick NBA fact. Um, this is the first time since I think it's 2014. Whatever year the Warriors first went to the or the, the first year that Iguodala went to the finals. Mm-hmm. This is going to be the first year the NBA Finals has been without Iguodala in the finals, uh, which has been about six, seven years now, which is a pretty crazy span. I think a lot of people thought it, the streak would have ended last year if they were thinking about it, but it ended up you know, being pushed another year. With the Heat being eliminated, Iguodala's streak of final runs is officially over, which is pretty incredible. Not going to lie, though. Um, LeBron did it too. You know, yeah. we, we saw that as well. That was incredible. Probably more incredible than the Eagle Dollar thing, but, um, cause he had the team on his back. <laughs> yeah. I was like, he was pulling, he was pulling the lag and Eagle Dollar. I mean, he did, he, he won a finals MVP. People that forget that with the Warriors. He kind of stole that one from, um, good old Steph, but, um, still pretty cool. And, you know, he's been in the league for a very long time. He's kind of like the Vince Carter of our era. I would say mm-hmm. he's completely changed his game to be able to play for a very long time. Um, But that's going to do it for our kind of little intro here. Let's go ahead and get right into the NBA playoffs. Of course, we're going to start out West. And, you know, I got to give my props to Jacob. Uh, My little description of the episode, I I gave him a hat nod. And I said, you know, Jacob called the Mavs going 2-0 up on the uh, Clippers on Tuesday night. Um, But unfortunately, they have lost two straight in home in Dallas and with a packed crowd. Talk about the, the Mavericks and what's kind of their struggle right now. Yeah, I mean, expect at least the Clippers to come in. You know, game three was definitely a must win for them. If they lost game three, that's you would expect Mavericks to at least win one of four. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Clippers definitely had to go and play game three and win that game, uh, which is a very close game, you know, back and forth. Good game. Mavericks shot well again. Um, you know, you had their role players. The Clippers just end up being the better team that night overall. Um, you can't really doubt the Mavericks' performance. Kristaps played well. Luka played well in that game as well. Um, just the better team with the better superstars overall won that game. And then game four, um, you know, 
whatever his Luka injuries may be, you know, can't make the excuses. He came out and said that in his interview. He said, I still played and still played poorly. He played mm-hmm. bad. Um, their whole team shot awfully from the floor. I think it was like 16 or 18% from three, which they had been shooting near 50 the whole series. Mm-hmm. Um, they just kind of looked flat-footed. I guess the only positive note you could take away, Kristaps played all right. Mm-hmm. Hope he can carry that momentum into game five here tomorrow night. Um, but game four, they just got their butts whooped. So it really comes down to who wins the first one at mm-hmm. home, actually. And, you know, game five will be in L.A. tomorrow night, Wednesday, June 2nd. Um, but don't expect the Mavericks, you know, just to fold after losing two at home. The Clippers didn't do it. Don't expect the Mavs to do it either. So, um, you know, it's a great series, 2-2. Two, two. Uh, I think this one will end up going seven games. You can put that down in the description. I think it will end up well. <laughs> I mean, I, I think we all kind of knew it was going to go. It wasn't going to be a cakewalk for either team. I think a lot of people were surprised with the Mavs after the first two. And then I think everyone's going to come. Everyone, including the Mavs, have come to reality. You know, the Clippers team is a very good team. Yeah. Um, and I think I think one thing's for certain that we're getting out of this. I know Kristoff is playing better, but the Dallas Mavericks don't have two stars. They have yeah. Luka Doncic, and yeah. he carries the team. And Kristoff is not a star. And, you know, I know he's playing better now, and hopefully he can he can continue to play better and and make a, a little run here and maybe close out the haters. You know, prove the haters wrong, whatever. Um, but uh, the Mavericks definitely need to find someone else. To put alongside Luca. Yeah, I agree. I think there's you know two major things <clears throat> if the Mavericks want to win this series. And it's first off, if they can at least slow down either Paul George or Kawhi for two wins, um, because they haven't been able to control really either of them the whole series. So if they can do that in two games, they can win the series. And second is a play of Jalen Brunson and Tim Hardaway Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, you need both of those guys. Um, yeah, you still have Kristaps. I think we kind of expect him to either do just okay, not great, or have a good game. But it's those other two guys off the bench, scoring-wise at least, um, that are very critical for Mavericks' success. I will say Tim Hardaway has been playing phenomenal, mm-hmm. and he looks like a great like number three, number four option for the Mavs in the future. Yeah. Hopefully, because I think he's a free agent after this year. Hopefully, he he signs a deal with the Mavericks and stays with them long term. Yeah, I think I think all the reports saying he wants to be in Dallas for the process. So yeah. I, I think it's a great place for him, and he's obviously succeeded um, in Dallas. So now going to um, another Western Conference matchup, of course, we're staying in the West. Um, I, have to, I have to apologize to the Utah Jazz. Uh, honestly, I did not watch a lot of their games this year. I'm going to be 100% with everyone. Um, you know, obviously, I was following along with their team, but, I, you know, I wasn't really paying attention to the hype. Mm-hmm. They can shoot the fucking ball. I yeah. mean, holy shit. I watched Wednesday's night game and Saturday's game. Everyone on that team can shoot the ball. And it's just mm-hmm. like, they're so consistent. Royce O'Neal, I've obviously heard of the name before, um, but he is, he's, he's having a Tim Hardaway kind of, he, he is blowing up this, this um, postseason and really this year. They just can shoot the ball. And Donovan Mitchell is providing superstar um, plays in like, role player minutes I mean he had 25 points I think on Wednesday in 26 minutes and then he had like the same stat line in the next game and like they were big buckets and he plays the last five minutes of the game doesn't play too much mm-hmm. more than he needs to and Mike Conley's freaking good I mean yeah that's her good <laughs> yeah Utah Jazz are great and we had mentioned that uh we didn't we expected the Jazz to overcome that first game loss after Donovan mm-hmm. Mitchell not playing in it um, you know, he is their star, their superstar. 
uh, kind of makes that team go. But in, in you can't discredit those other guys. Mike Conley, you know, he spent his first 12 years on the Memphis Grizzlies and was one of their main players who led them to seven straight playoff appearances and one a Western Conference Finals appearance as well. So he's a great player offensively. And then you have a defensive superstar. He might not be the most agile and diverse player on offense, but Rudy Gobert, um, you know, really solidifies that team on the defensive end. And then you got all those other guys, the Royce O'Neals, Joe Ingles, Bogdanovich, Doran Clarkson. They all play valuable minutes. They can all shoot. Um, they just really remind me of those, you know, Spurs teams, um, you know, very well coached. Um, they all know their roles. Um, yes, they have superstars in their own respect, but you're not, you're not thinking them as the best player in the world and by any means. Um, but they just know how to play basketball together, and it's very, very fun to watch. Yeah, and I mean, this Grizzlies team has played hard. Every single game has been a good game. John Morant is almost, in some conversations, we'll probably have this in the offseason, maybe a top-five point guard in our NBA already. Um, and I, I saw a funny tweet that said Grizzlies fans at home right now watching this game as John Morant's going off and having he's had some phenomenal games this series, but also Mike Conley, on the other hand, going off because, you know, that he was there for so long, as you mentioned. So but the, I'm not going to discredit the Grizzlies. They've played great. They're honestly a couple of years away from being, I would say, contenders in the West to to be a tough out like the Trailblazers and other teams. But. Honestly, I you know, I was saying this 4-5 matchup, they're going to have not a cakewalk, but they're going to be the team. I don't know anymore, dude. Like, this Jazz team is playing so good. Um, like you said, they're so well coached. It's just going to be super tough for them to to uh, beat or for, for the Mavericks or the Clippers to beat the Jazz in the next round. So I'm going to be – my eyes will be glued to that matchup, honestly, more than anyone else, just because the Jazz have actually earned my respect. A lot of that, too, is they play in Utah – we don't get their games in Dallas. You know, yeah. you either get Mavs games or you get the big time games. They played a couple, but I just never watched them. So a shout out to them, man. I, I love watching them play right now. Um, moving on to another great series. This Denver's Port the Denver Nuggets Portland series. We knew it was going to go to seven. We knew it was going to be a great series. It's two, two now. Um, and they both just every game, they just come back and one team swings more haymakers than the other. And it's, it's really boils down to that. Um, both teams are tied at 2-2, but the final three games, who, who do you have taking the series, Jacob? Um, yeah, Portland's put up a good fight with their star backcourt, uh, McCollum and Lillard, um, and you have to feel bad for the Nuggets after losing Jamal Murray. I think this is where they're really missing him at, is in the playoffs. He had an outstanding playoff run last year in the bubble, mm -hmm. um, and you need that second guy on your team. Um, I actually think... Man, I don't want to say this. I believe in the Joker, but I just don't think he has enough, and I don't believe in Michael Porter Jr. enough yet. Um, I think Portland will take this. I think it will go all seven games. Mm -hmm. uh, I think Portland will win that game seven at Denver. Um, I just think the Trailblazers have a little bit more pieces around their stars, um, and no discredit to the guards of Monte Morris and Compazzo, who are filling the role of Jamal Murray, even Austin Rivers. Um, they're doing a fine job and doing what they can. I just don't think they're enough to overcome the stars and the supporting cast of the Trailblazers. Well, on Saturday's game, um, I watched a good chunk of that one. Um, you know, Dame Lillard had like 10 points and they won by 30 or 20 mm -hmm. or something like that. So um, the, the, the Blazers, I think, are a better overall a team, especially without Jamal Murray for the Nuggets. Um, and, you know, it's kind of scary to know that like, hey, CJ and Dame haven't played their best games yet. And it's tied 2-2. Yeah. So 
for that reason, you got to go with the Trailblazers. But again, I think it will go to seven. I think Jokic is that good. Um, I think Denver is a good enough team to at least still one more game. You know, they they do have two home games left. You know, they are the home team. Right. Um, they also are playing a division rival. So really, are they a home team? You can yeah. be the deciding factor on that one, I guess. Um, and then we go to another great series that it's kind of it's kind of surprising, honestly, that the Suns are playing this good, especially with CP3 being hurt. But you know it's playoffs. You know he's going to be out there. Same with AD. They're both kind of banged up. They're playing. And this is just turning out to be an overall great series. And it's, again, another fun watch. Another two two legends going at it. And then kind of having an uprising of the youth, really, on the Suns team with Booker and Nathan. Um, another 2-2 series. So I'm going to ask you, um, again, the same question. Who do you have taking this one, Jacob? Um, I think the Lakers um, are going to win this. I don't think LeBron – wants to have his first out in the first round of his career against mm-hmm. Phoenix, against a friend, a rival, a player he's known forever in Chris Paul. Um, I think the Lakers are going to take these next two games. They're going to win here in Phoenix tonight. Um, I think, it's, you know, it's not going to be easy, but I think they're going to be two very, very close games. Um, and all credit to the Suns. I said they didn't have enough experience in playoffs, but, man, what is showing even Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton, Kel Bridges, all those guys have been putting on for the first time. Uh, being in the playoffs you know cp3 has been there and done that in the playoffs um, but he's really rallied these troops he's you know essentially shown them the ropes um, by you know playing their, through their mistakes and whatnot but I just think the Lakers even though AD and LeBron are still a little banged up are still too star heavy for this young Phoenix team yeah it'll be interesting I, again I think it's another seven game series um i do i do think obviously having game seven i'm taking lebron and ad over anyone the suns have but man just 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 be cautious it wouldn't be surprising to see the los angeles lakers lose out and in in round one um just because of of the suns and what they're what they've been doing this year um and i will i will add this too i saw a report that potentially if the lakers were to lose uh round one to the suns that they might not blow up the whole team, but, you know, make a lot of changes. Um, and I really think Kuzma might not be on the Lakers next year, which in, in all honesty, it's probably better for Kuzma. Yeah. Um, just because I think, you know, he needs to get away from LeBron. He's he he's going to go to a bad team probably, and he's going to put up great numbers like a Zach Levine, other guys like that. But I think that's going to be better for his career and his development. Shoot, he could honestly go to the Mavericks. I think he'd fit perfectly there with, with Luca and those guys. But – my daddy goes there, but I'm just saying like, he needs to get out of LA. Um, it's just, it's just time to move on. So um, with that being said, just real fast, because there is a chance that all teams move on. Um, we both think that it's going to be um, Lakers versus uh, trailblazers on the bottom half. Right. And then up top, we've got jazz and Clippers and Clippers. Okay. All right. So that's what, that's all. Those are our predictions for the West. Um, as of right now, that things, you know, hopefully the series are all done and we are already talking about the semis next week. Um, so I just wanted to get that out there real fast on who we think is going to be playing out West. We're going to take a quick ad timeout here from our sponsor, Anchor.fm. When we come back, though, we're going to be talking about the Eastern Conference. And that one should be a quick one because we've already got one series wrapped up and the East is just pitiful, just pitiful, man. But we'll be right back after the break. And welcome back. As I just mentioned, we're going to go ahead and start talking about the Eastern Conference. And before we get to the three remaining series, we've got to wrap up and tie a bow on the Milwaukee Bucks and Heat series. Uh, last time we came on, you know, they had just played two games. They looked very good. Um, before I get to actually talking about the series, I, I do want to talk about this. 
they made it a terrible scheduling of these games. Milwaukee series was done in like a week, whereas like or not Phoenix, um, um, Philadelphia and the Wizards were playing game two on the same day. Yeah. Just terrible scheduling by the NBA. But that's that's another that's another topic, I guess. Um, but to kind of wrap a bow on the Milwaukee Bucks, it is revenge season. They did play a lot better than they did a year ago. Giannis looked a lot better in the playoffs. But um, I think a, a something I we were watching and I was listening to. I don't know if you watched the game. Um, Milwaukee or the the Heat, the team, the final four teams of last year, they were all super banged up this year and they never really recovered. And they're still not really recovering. And only one of them had home court advantage this year, which was the Nuggets. Um, and they're still, they're banged up and they might not even win. So that is, I think, one theme that we're seeing across this playoffs is 70 days was not enough. Um, mm-hmm. And the Heat were kind of the first the first straw. Um, and we saw Milwaukee take care of business. Your thoughts on this Milwaukee Bucks team and their and their potential run here in the playoffs? Yeah, they looked great. Um, like I said, it was revenge season. They came out. Um, they said, you know, there's dog food. There's dogs, you know, that went out there. And I think that was Bobby Portis that said that. And they took care of business. I mean, the Heat were no slumps. I mean, at the end of the day, whether you think it was a fluke or not that they made the finals because the bubble and whatnot, who cares? They still proved their worth last year and made the finals. That I mean, that has to say something. And they were pretty much the same team this year, minus Jay Crowder. Um, you would have liked to see Victor Oladipo out there, you know, to make it a little bit more interesting. But at the end of the day, you got Milwaukee credit for going in there, taking all four, getting the rest they need to prepare for the, you know, Nets later on. I think they'll have the um, net, Nets next round if mm-hmm. they Boston correct. Yeah, and um, that's something they want those extra days for. And, um, man, they look good. And um, I'm all in on this Drew Holiday edition. Bobby Portis looks good for them. Um, man, I think if they, you know, end up playing Brooklyn next round, I think they have a real shot. And I wouldn't be surprised if they do beat that big three in Brooklyn. Um they just look like the complete team. This looks like the team that can make the run to the finals that, you know, Giannis has been looking for so far in his career. Yeah, I mean, uh, they, they, they put out a lineup with Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Giannis, there's one other guy, and and Brooke Lopez. But they put out this – Bobby Portis? Uh, it might be Bobby Portis. Oh, P.J. Tucker. But you could, oh, yeah. you could really interchange all those three guys and put even even um, Da Vinci or whatever his name is. I don't know, I don't know why I said Da Vinci. Well, but he is now out for the rest of the playoffs. Oh, okay. So I, I saw him out. I wasn't sure if he was out for the rest of the playoffs or not. I missed that report. But, but still, those three guys are all interchangeable. And that's a very good defensive lineup. Um, and, you know, you have Chris and – and um, what's his name? Giannis to guard KD as well as James Harden because they're both bigger guys. And then Drew Holiday can lock up Kyrie Irving. They have a very good defensive team. My only worry is their scoring ability. Um, and it's mo- mostly uh, about Giannis's scoring ability. He's going to get his. He's going to have, you know, probably 50, anywhere from 15 to 25 points in any given game. But how is he going to get those 15, 20 points? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just yeah. – how many shots is he going to have to take? How many free throws is he going to miss? You know, how how close is the game going to be? But Drew Holiday is, is a, the X factor in this series. Mm-hmm. He wasn't there last year, obviously. He, he's a better addition what they had before. He is the X factor. Um, but we'll see that the Bucs have not played good in the playoffs against good teams. They've played really good against bad teams, but when they play against good teams, which the Brooklyn Nets are proving to be one of the best teams in the NBA, um, then, then th- this will be the real test to see if the Brooklyn Nets are 
excuse me, the Milwaukee Bucks are here. Um, mm-hmm. And if they're ready to make a playoff push. Um, but let's go ahead and talk about the other game. Uh, 2-7, uh, the Celtics and the Nets. Um, not much to talk about. Obviously, we crowned Jason Tatum as a superstar last week. He proved it. He's officially a superstar in the NBA. I don't know what, I don't know what else I can say about that. Um, but the Brooklyn Nets are starting to come to form. Are they getting scary, Jacob? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I would not want to play them. Uh, I want to touch them with a 10-foot pole. Um, you know, like I said, it's all about the big three. But the thing about it is that what all three of them combined for, what, 104 points the other night mm-hmm. and whooped on the Celtics. Celtics aren't, you know, depleted, yes. But um, you, if you were the Milwaukee Bucks sitting there after your sweep, you're seeing them build more and more chemistry, and that's not something you want to see. Um, even some of those role players aren't looking too bad for the Nets either. They, they've hit some shots. Um, they're doing what they need to, you know, to be that supporting cast. doesn't matter who other two th- the two people you throw out there with the big three in crunch time if it's a close game. You know those three, they've proven that they're clutch. They've proven two of them have won in a combined three championships. One of them's been to one already. Um, man, they, they're honestly looking like title favorites at this point. Um, I expect them to wrap up the series tonight against Boston at home. Mm-hmm. Um, so, eh, man, they look very, very, very scary. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's tough to see them. You know, at this point, this is where we all didn't want to see them, especially out west, kind of with with injuries plaguing the Lakers, the Nuggets being plagued by Jamal Murray, the Clippers not playing up to par. It's really looking like the Brooklyn Nets to lose. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously, I'm not. We're not counting out the Milwaukee Bucks. We just talked about them. They probably have one of the best shots to to contain this team. But then again, like you're having to contain three of the best scores we've ever seen in, in, in our time, in our generation. So it's going to be very tough. Um, but with the news in Philly that I'll talk about here in a second, um, it's really looking like the winner of the Bucks and the uh, Nets series, probably who will play, it's going to probably take the Eastern Conference Championship. So that'll take me right into talking about Philly. Um, news broke today that, that uh, Joel Embiid will not play game five after his MRI on his right knee. Um, if I'm a Philly fan, I'm very scared and very worried just for the simple fact of, you know, the unknown Joel Embiid has had a ton of injury history, especially with his legs. He's a bigger guy. It's normal. Um, but what does this affect long-term? They're, pro- they're still going to take the series against Washington without Joel. Um, hopefully they can win it. Uh, I think they play tomorrow night if I'm correct. So hopefully they can win it early and you want the Knicks to come back and try to push that series to seven games. So that way Joel has enough time to heal. Um, but yeah, this, I'm just worried if I'm a Sixers fan about Joel. Yeah. I mean, you never know, um, especially when they just come out and say, he's just going to miss game five. Cause am I right? You never know what it is. You know, mm-hmm. what's lingering around him is something torn. Um, it's kind of what, you know, kind of reminds me of last year, if, you know, being a Mavs fan talking about Kristaps mm-hmm. and when he missed the last few games, he had to, uh, you know, to end up tearing his meniscus and played one game through it, but couldn't really push after that. And so you never know what's really going on with this knee. So, yes, it's a very, very scary sign because, um, you know, he had an MVP-type season when he was out on the floor. He put up almost 30 points. He did average 30 and, like, 10 and was a great, great, great presence on the floor. Um, you don't want to see this through your Philly fan. Hopefully something very, very minor misses one game. You know, hopefully they close it out, gets his rest what he needs to. Um, but hopefully he can come back. I would like to see them, you know, compete against – either Brooklyn or Milwaukee in the conference finals. I think that'd be very fun if he's very healthy, but very concerning news. Yeah, it, it'll be, again, I don't think they'll have any issue with Washington. Washington may steal another game mm-hmm. um, just because of his of his absence. 
Um, and they, they did win game four. Um, but again, I think the Sixers are a good enough team that they're probably still going to beat the Wizards in, in, in a sweep. Um, but then you also have, you know, shout out to, to the Wizards, I guess. Shout out to Russ and company for getting one game, yeah. um, not getting swept like the Heat as we all thought they were going to. But that's all I'll say about them because uh, they'll be out of the playoffs very soon. But then we go to the, again, our most exciting playoff series, which it, ha- it really hasn't been as exciting as we all hope, especially because mm-hmm. Julius Randle has kind of played bad. But in playoff basketball, um, everything is tougher. And you knew going in Atlanta Hawks were going to zero in on Julius because he's kind of been their guy. Derek Rose has played very well. He still has it. Uh, mm-hmm. He's obviously not the same D-Rose D, D as we all once knew and loved, but I think we all enjoy this Derek Rose and enjoy him playing great basketball. Um, but Ice Trey, man, he's he, he is a killer. He's a yeah. killer. Uh, another guy we're going to have to talk about in the top five point guard conversation for sure. But I'll let you take talk about this game, yeah. Jacob. I, I love hearing the series. You know, I love Trey coming in his first postseason, you know, chirping a little bit. Um, but he's walked the walk, you know, he's been putting up numbers. His team's up three to one right now. Um, yeah, he's talking a lot of crap. I love how Draymond said he's one of the biggest trash talkers. I never really knew that. I see it every now and then, but like now that I kind of watched the series and, you know, kept up with the games, um, I mean, he's doing his part. He's leading his team these wins. Um, their additions have looked great this year. Um, they, they look like a good playoff team and a team uh, that you can look forward to competing in the Eastern Conference for years to come. Um, obviously not this year, but they're building that foundation uh, for future success. Um, you have to feel bad at the same time, kind of for Julius Randle, you know, winning most recruit player. I wonder if that's had some type of mental impact on him. But I, I believe he'll step it up in this game five. They're playing at home. Those Knicks fans are rowdy, probably the most obnoxious, but loyal fans in the NBA. Um, so I'd expect their fans and being at home to really help them in game five tomorrow. Um, I think they'll take it and at least have to push them to six games. Uh, for Atlanta to take it but uh, very very exciting series and you love to see well see Derek Rose doing well as doing good as well and now I I I love the the picture obviously we saw game one of Trey doing, doing what he did but I love that picture of him in a crowd of New York fans and he's on the sideline inbound, inbounding the ball and he's looking back smiling mm-hmm. um, as they're just giving it to him um, but yes I, I was gonna say what you just said about the Hawks this is scary um, now again they're doing it to the Knicks how good the Knicks are we, you know, obviously we we overrated them just a little bit, I think, but still they were 41 and 31 on the season, had a great year overall. But this mm-hmm. Hawks team looks very good for the future, and they do have a great mixture of not like super old vets, not like, you know, Marcus Saul guys or guys who are really old. They have some, you know, Danilo Gallinari, who's like 30-something, like in his early 30s, mm-hmm. um, some older kind of guys who've been around, but also this young core of, of young and Colin so you know the future is very bright in Atlanta and you know they kind of remind me of the teams that they were with with Paul Millsap and Al Horford just very good basketball team with high IQ um, but really they just but they rely a little bit more on trade than obviously those old Hawks teams did they I mean they had ISO Joe but yeah and, and, shout, out to, and shout out to Mike Woodson as well mm-hmm. um, ever since he took over uh, in the middle of the season when they were before, way out of the playoff conversation very very early in the season you know he took in took the reins um, had his vets, you know, step up and take leadership in the locker room while also expecting more out of his young guys who weren't playing very well. Um, and like you said, that combination of, you know, older vets and young guys, you know, coming together with a good coach leading your team, um, that's something exciting for the future, like you mentioned. Um, all I'm curious about, do you think if New York comes back and wins a series or makes it to seven games, do you think 
this summer they make a trade for try to trade for a superstar? Do you think they can even attract one with the success they've had? Um, you know, New York's always kind of missed out, but um, kind of exciting because they've been actually kind of good. Yeah, I think I think even if they get even if they lose on Wednesday night and they they get gentlemen swept here, uh, they're they're gonna try to to bring in someone um, just because they have they are successful. Um, you know, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if someone like a Zach Levine found his way to New York. Someone that's not on a great team, but is a great player. Um, someone who'd almost come in instantly and, and impact that team. And I think uh, I think Levine hasn't ever played on Tom Thibodeau's team. He's always yeah. been, he, you know, when he was in, in Minnesota, I think he played there for like a year or two, uh, maybe when Thibodeau was there, but then he was shipped to Chicago. And obviously when he was in Chicago, Thibodeau was not in Chicago. So be interesting to see that. Um, you know, I think they need a guard, though, more than anything. I think yeah. their posts are fine. I think they need some kind of guard, maybe a small forward. Um, but, yeah, they, I definitely think they're going to bring on someone in the future. And I will say this. It's not Mike Woodson. It's Nate McMillan. The only reason why I know that is because he was in Colt. You're right. You're right. The, the Pacers had coach a year ago. And to see him going off to Atlanta and being very successful just hurts my heart because he was doing it with the Pacers. Why do we get rid of him? He, he's always been a very good coach. And that was my mistake. It's not Mike Woodson. I think he was their old coach when he was with the good, like, Jeff Leagues and the world. <laughs> so yeah. my, my mistake on that. No, you're fine. I do it all the time anyway. So I just I just wanted to say that. The only reason why I knew it is because he was my old head coach. Um, and that, that does it for the East again, just real fast. I think, you know, on the bottom, we already said it, it's going to be Bucks, Nets. Um, and then on top, we still think it's going to be 76ers, even though with the news with Embiid, we'll learn more of that through the week. Um, and then I think I'm going to go Hawks, Hawks for you. Or you? Yeah, I think Hawks will close it out as well. How many games do you think it's going to go to though? I, I think New York will win tomorrow and I think Atlanta will close off home. So probably just six. Okay. Yeah. I, I think it'll probably either be, either be five or six for me, but I think Atlanta wins it. Um, so that's our that's our Eastern Conference. There's two more things I want to talk about uh, before we wrap up this show. The first thing is they announced the award winners for the most valuable player, as Jake already mentioned, was Julius Randle. Sixth man was was Jordan Clarkson. I just wanted to kind of give them, you know, a round of applause. They both had phenomenal years, as we've already talked about on the show. Jordan Clarkson was amazing for the Jazz off the bench, adding a lot of scoring. Um, and was basically a borderline starter for them in most cases. Um, and sometimes one of their their best, I almost would say he's their second option, third option behind um, Donovan Mitchell because they don't really have much there. Uh, but Julius Randle, we've talked about him all year. He's had a great year um, and super proud of him and super, you know, I'm, I'm glad to see where his growth has gone, you know, from the Lakers, to the Pelicans, now to New York. Everyone thought he was just going to be a rotation guy in New York, and he's really proved himself as a superstar, excuse me, as a star, maybe even just an all-star. He's not a superstar. Um, especially the way he's playing in his playoffs. But it, it is tough. He hasn't had much playoff experience. So this kind of being his real first playoff experience will hopefully get him to grow more and continue that growth in New York. So, yeah, awesome to see both of them do very well as well. Exactly. Well, we were going to do a little award thing, you know, in a couple of weeks whenever it gets closer. And these were going to be two of our awards. Like, can't freaking do it now, but um, that's all good. I didn't, I, NBA is never good about when they do their awards. They're not like the NFL where they have a whole, a whole show about it. Mm -hmm. They just kind of do them randomly. So, but those are at least two of the awards. And the other thing I want to talk about, and we'll get into a, just a little discussion. Um, what the hell is going on with the NBA fans? I mean, I, I know we haven't had games or almost full capacity games, but this looks bad, in my opinion. I don't know about you, Jacob. Yeah, no, it's honestly pretty disgusting to see fans do this. Mm -hmm. um, you hate people, you know, throwing water bottles or popcorn. 
even the guy last night running onto the court, like, it, it just doesn't make sense, man. Like, just go to the game, have fun. You know, yeah, boo or whatever, like, you know, trash talk. Uh, but don't say anything disrespectful, racist, none of that stuff. Um, um, it is concerning, though. You don't want to see people, you know, jump on the wagon of thinking it's like a cool fad to do it. But, um, you know, I really hope these guys are never allowed back into these arenas to any game whatsoever. I know it's kind of hard to track, but, you know, you just never want to see that. Uh, you don't want to put, you know, your players in a dangerous situation because you never know what can happen. Um, I hope, you know, fans, you know, take accountability themselves and decide mm -hmm. not to do that before the NBA really has to, like, make a decision on what to do about, you know, this nonsense. And it's crazy to me to think that, you know, basketball was taken away from us as fans to going to see the games live and it's slowly being given back. And this is kind of our response. Again, I understand it's playoffs. I understand emotions are high, but at the end of the day, like these are human beings. Um, you should know how to act at a basketball game or at an event. It doesn't even matter if it's basketball at a concert at X, Y, and Z, you should be able to know how to add, um, act at these events or you shouldn't be allowed in. Um, and again, like throwing stuff at people is, doesn't make sense like the only thing that really made sense to me was Kyrie Irving back in Boston because I know Boston people hate him so like that's the only one where I was like like it kind of brought me not like in a bad way but just kind of brought me a laugh because I was like oh like that's like that's how it was back in the 80s and the 90s yeah. but at the same time I'm like that's it's not acceptable in today's NBA so like and again fans have just been gotten back and honestly, I feel like players are like, we don't want them here anymore. You know, we love we love having them here for the energy because home court obviously is proving to be, you know, worthwhile. But at the same time, they're like, but they're acting like assholes. So, yeah, you just never want to see, you know, fans do this. It's just honestly just disrespectful and pretty gross that they, you know, do this. Um, hopefully, no, we don't see any more instances of this. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's been like, what, three or four days in a row. We've seen at least something come up. Three fans be banned. One got charged and has like a court date now back mm -hmm. in Boston. Um, hopefully that's been taken seriously by everyone who attends any other game the rest of the playoffs. Um, and hopefully they have fun. They cheer for their team, boo against the other team. But nothing disrespectful or no hate. That, that's just not part of today's game or society. We don't want to see that. Uh, we just want them to have a good time, cheer for the team, and you know, make it loud and fun, make it, make it worthwhile for your team to be at home. And that's what we want to see. And I just want to state again, I, I'm, I don't support the guy throwing the water bottle at Kyrie Irving. I just want to make that clear before I get hate, hate mail and, and, and people in my, you know, on Twitter ripping me up. I just, I was just saying it, it brought me a giggle because that's what they used to do back in the eighties. Yeah. Malice of the palace, water bottles were thrown at people that it just brought me back to those times. Yeah, well, now, now, like thinking about it, you can't really blame Ron Artest too much or Metabol Peace for going back up in the stands. Like, mm -hmm. you know, he really thought about it before. Now, now you can kind of see why he did it. So exactly. So that's going to do it for us here on the five out podcast. Thank you guys so much for sticking around. Um, hopefully next week, it kind of seems like at this point, almost all games will be at the semifinals, especially the way um, things are kind of panning out, at least in the East. The West, we might see a couple game sevens next time we record. Um, but that's going to do it for us here. Thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe slash follow slash like button. Whatever it tells you to do, just do it. Hit it. And we'll see you guys next week. Peace. And that's going to do it for us here on the 5 Out Podcast. Thank you guys so much for sticking around and listening. If you guys enjoyed this episode and want to listen to more of our episodes, we drop them every Thursday. So you can go back and listen to our past episodes, but also the future episodes that we will be dropping. You guys can find those on Apple, Spotify, or YouTube. 
at YouTube. You have to look us up on Sideline Sports, the channel. You'll be able to listen and watch to those. We also post other YouTube exclusive videos, so be sure to hit that subscribe button while you're there. Um, we also drop them on Apple and Spotify. Like I said, you'll be able to check those out <clears throat> at five out. Um, make sure you guys hit the subscribe and follow button while you're there. 100% free for you guys to do as long as you have an account. So please do it. Helps us out in the long run. So thank you guys so much for that. And if you guys want to see some of our uh, interact, if you want to be a little bit more interactive with us, uh, check us out on, on Twitter at five underscore out. We're a little bit more interactive on there. We post some daily stuff on there as well, so be sure to check us out there. <clears throat> and then also on Instagram and TikTok, we do have accounts um, under Sideline Sports. You'll see very similar stuff that you see on Twitter, but you'll just see it on Instagram or TikTok. So if you prefer those platforms, be sure to check those out as well. That's going to do it for us here today. Thank you guys so much for sticking around. We hope you guys have a good weekend, and hopefully the NBA playoffs um, get a little bit more heated as well. We'll see you guys next week. I see trees of green, red roses too. I see them bloom for me and you. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. I see skies of blue. Clouds of white, the bright blessed day, the dark sacred night, and I think to myself, what a wonderful world. The colors of the rainbow, so pretty in the sky. Also on the faces of people going by, I see friends shaking hands, saying, how do you do? They're really saying, I love you. I hear babies cry. I watch them grow. They're like much more. to myself What a wonderful world Yes I think to myself What a wonderful world